Hey everyone, just before we get started with this episode, I wanted to make a quick announcement. We are doing the biggest giveaway we've ever done to celebrate the return of Authority Hacker Pro. Authority Hacker Pro is coming back in just a few weeks. We are just finishing it up right now. We want to make it as good as possible before we release it. But before that, we are giving away $20,000 plus of uh, products and also some access to Authority Hacker Pro. You can join by going on authorityhacker.com slash giveaway. We really hope to see you all there. I'm really excited to see who's going to win all these tools. Uh, thanks for joining, and let's go on the episode now. Blog comments are a staple of WordPress. They're probably one of the main things that differentiates a page from a post. But man, if you've been running a popular site, you know that these days, for every relevant comment, you get 10 shitty spammy ones. So is it really worth the hassle? Does it really help your SEO? In today's podcast, we tell you why we're mentally done with comments. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Uh, today, we are bringing our new intro again, which is, Mark, what have you been working on? Ah, good question. Thanks for asking this new and uh, informative question. And always brought with a lot of like uh, refinement and uh, like it's subtle, you know, that's what I like about it. Always appreciate that, Gil. So this week I have, as the video viewers, all zero of you can see, I am currently wearing an Authority Hacker t-shirt. So they see, they see that in, in March, you know, probably. Yeah. For those that don't know, we're recording our podcast on video now, but we don't actually have the process in place to produce those videos. So... You know, maybe this will come out at some point in the future. One day they'll be on YouTube. Like we'll just dump, like we'll probably just upload one a day or something like to build up some engagement or something. It's probably like, it's probably going to be useful actually. But anyway, yeah, you have a fancy t-shirt. I'm very jealous. Anyway, I have a fancy authority hacker t-shirt and we're, we're kind of like, so every time you go to a conference, all these companies give out t-shirts and they're always shit. Like not the <laughs> way to make friends. Because there's a, how it works is the, there's an industry where these companies have like a, a catalog of products, catalog of blank t-shirts and other items of clothing. And you can just get your logo stamped on them and it costs, you know, X amount of money, usually like 10, 20 bucks or something for, for a t-shirt. But as I said, 90% of them are just terrible. So we're on the hunt for uh, good ones. And I think I found one. I'm, I'm really happy with the, the, the quality of like the material and the stitching and all that. It feels like a t-shirt that you buy and like actually wear, uh, which is kind of what we're going for with this. So we still need to tweak the designs and figure out a bunch of stuff. But uh, there'll be some Authority Hacker merch coming out soon for, uh, for some of our pro members, I think. Yeah, to start with at least. And then uh, who, knows, who knows where that, that can go. Now, now Atari Hacker becomes a clothing company, you know, who knows? But uh, I give a shout out to uh, FE International. FE International gave us a t-shirt. It's really good quality. And I'm, I'm actually using it. Usually just to hang out at home. I don't really like go for a fancy dinner with it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's not bad, actually. So I don't think everyone has a shitty t-shirt, but a lot of people do. Okay. Well, you should have told me that before I spent ages looking for good clothing company. Yeah, in the UK as well. Yeah, just ask them, you know? <laughs> Well, I just told you, so. Okay, better late than never, but there we go. So what else have I been working on this week? I have been at a conference in Newcastle, England, of all places. It was a conference called Retain Live, and it was run by the guys who run the, a membership called The Membership Guys, which is a site which I, I really admire a lot, actually. They, they really have 
their kind of user experience, their member experience, really down to a, a science there. Um, that, that really just have perfected the whole membership experience. And obviously that's what they're teaching as well. So you'd, you'd hope they were good at that. But yeah, just really cool guys, really on top of things, really smart, really positive people. And yeah, really, really good conference. They, you, you can tell what kind of people they are as well by the attention to detail in the conference. So like every little thing was thought out much better than any other conference I've been to actually. They have these like making friends again booklets for all the attendees which has like a uh, information about each speaker and then like areas to write it down and then a bit at the end like what's your takeaway and what you're going to implement when you get home like all this kind of stuff they had ice cream during the break in the afternoon it went down really really well in fact that was what most people were talking about when they said how have you found the conference so far it'd be like yeah the ice cream was great <laughs> so i guess the talks were not that great then uh, no, the talks were actually really good as well. Totally different crowd. Like uh, I met one HRO member there, so shout out to Jim Richardson. But like nobody else had ever even heard of us, so which was quite surprising actually. So I guess we need to work a bit more in 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 some other circles. But yeah, no, it was a really good conference. Got a lot of takeaways and a lot of like stuff which we we're kind of keen to implement now in in our kind of member area, or not really member area, but like customer area, I guess. To, to make the whole experience of consuming content better and, and kind of work on retention and stuff. And to that extent, also this week, been working on Authority Hacker Pro guest posting blueprint videos. So brand new guest posting blueprint is on the way. It should be coming out in sometime in October, I think. Guest postings evolved a lot over the last few years. When we first got started back in our agency days, we were pumping out a thousand guest posts a week. They weren't really guest posts. Not a thousand guest posts a week. Come on, uh, a, a month. month. Like, come on. It's still quite a lot, but yeah, yeah, it's still quite a lot, but it's still like four and a half times less. <laughs> so I've been working on that, and it's just really interesting, like how guest postings evolved over the years. The basic looking for sites that get who accept guest posts by like search operators and all that. There's still actually some tactics that you can use with that although it's much better to use tools like Scrapebox to kind of like really go crazy with the numbers hrefs is also a good tool for for finding guest post opportunities and we go into detail about that a lot in the uh in the blueprint. so coming soon yeah i've done i finished mine as well like the editor system I talk, i'm not going to talk about it a lot because i mentioned it before but i've finished it so i'm actually starting a new one uh new one next week but i'll talk about this next podcast you took all the time available for this. So let's jump into the actual blog comment stuff. I like starting right away. So it's quite interesting, right? But like, I think blog comments are evolving in a bad way right now in the sense that um, even like four or five years ago, we'd get a lot of like interesting comments, or discussions, et cetera. But as time is passing, essentially like we are getting more like, it's like, it's not always like obviously spam comments, it's, but like, it's just people will be like, oh, great post. Thank you. Like, Sure, it's great, but it's kind of useless, you know? I just kind of assume anyone who has a generic comment, like that could be posted on your post or any other post on the internet and still apply equally, then I just assume that that's a spammy comment. I'm sure there's a small percentage that aren't, but collateral damage and all that. Yeah, fair enough. And the thing is, like, I think people know it. And as a result, they also use the comment section less, etc. It's kind of like a vicious circle. So to start this podcast, I actually was looking for like what other people have said and have found, etc. So that, you know, we get a base for that. But like most of the findings I found were really old, actually, the, the most 
recent ones were from 2015. And the first ones I found were from 2011, actually. And it's funny because in a previous podcast, I said, oh, I would never link to a post from HubSpot. And as I researched that topic, first topic I find that has the best data is actually a post from HubSpot. So I want to apologize to the HubSpot team. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's too bad that this podcast coming, like, I'm probably going to get, like, fired for one week on Twitter. And then after that, I'd be like, well, that came out already. So previous podcast didn't come out at the time at which we're recording, but I might get some, some bad stuff here. And maybe I deserved it. If someone does want to follow you on Twitter, Gail, how might they do that? They can do at Gail Breton and then follow me there. That's it. Perfect. And so, yeah, so their findings were from 2011, so it's pretty old at this point, right? It's like, can you imagine, like, uh, in January, it's going to be nine years. So that's, that's old and ancient. But they found no correlation between the number of comments and number of links that a page would get. And they found no correlations between the number of comments and the traffic to the post. And I think traffic to post, I think, can have changed a lot because it's very much based on uh, like Google's algorithm, et cetera. And like nine years ago, it's like, it's a long time. I don't think you should use that data. But number of comments against links is quite interesting because it's, I mean, there's a degree of discovery of that post, um, but there's also a degree of human psychology, right? It's like, when you look at comments, you're like, well, if I have a lot of comments, that gives me a lot of social proof. It looks like I'm really popular. And so I expect people will link more to me. And so that's that I think still has some interest, which is why I quoted this despite this being so old. It's like, it's something I assumed. And it's like, now I'm looking at this, and I'm like, maybe not actually. Maybe, maybe comments don't get people to link to you more. And there's other ways to do that, like displaying social shares, et cetera, to like display a little bit, a degree of popularity. So it gives me actually more, one more argument to kill it off, to be honest. Because I felt like, oh, it looks great when you have posts with hundreds of comments, you know, but maybe it doesn't matter that much. Then Neil Patel did actually something a long time ago, so long that actually the data I found from this was actually on a post from Optin Monster that quoted the post from Neil Patel. But then when you click to the link to the post, it doesn't exist anymore. It just like redirects to a generic, like how to do SEO or whatever. So like, I'm not even sure Neil stands by these walls anymore, but I'm still going to quote them. So, and that was in probably around that time, like 2013, 2014. So again, pretty old for Google. He found that 27.6% of the keywords he was ranking for were from the comment section, but they only brought 16% more search traffic. What does that mean? So you say 27.6% keywords were he was ranking for. So like he was looking at the at like basically his queries in Webmasters Console, and then he was looking where these words on the page, and they were in the comment section. You know, only on the comment section. This is not specified. Okay. Well, I would I would assume it would have to be. This is all I have, right? I assume it would have to be in order for it to make that assumption. I I, I hope, but again, it's old, and he's redirected that post, so. How much does he stand by it? Maybe not that much, you know. So, but maybe it's correct. It's just what I found online, basically. But he found that it resulted in less traffic than 27%. It was 16% traffic. And it was only over, I think it was like 50 blog posts or something. So it was not like a big data thing or anything. It was just his observation. Then there's two more, two quick ones. One is Brian Harris from, it's not Video Fruit anymore. It's GrossTools.com, I think now. Who was looking for the worth of a comment. So he found that People who commented on his blog are far, five times more likely to buy his course than people who didn't buy. So his stats were like 6.71% of his blog commenters bought his course and 1.36% of his whole traffic bought his course, basically. But it's like correlation is not causation. Like for me, it's like, it just means that engaged people bought the course, which 
it's like they're not engaged because they're commenting they're commenting because they're engaged you know and so it's like for me it's like i mean he was like oh yeah i'm trying to get people to comment more etc but I mean, I can, I understand, but you know, things like even opting into your email to your uh, email list and things like that, they also sign some engagement showing your post. They, they would most likely produce the same effect if you're doing the same stats over like social sharers, people who sign up to the email list, all that stuff. Like, you would find that people that do action, take action, just in general, will buy your product more. So, eh, it's like I like Brian Harris, but I'm not very convinced on this one. And then uh, there was CopyBlogger in 2015. They actually removed, they did remove the comment section from their site. And more and more sites are doing that, actually. And they literally showed like a graph where there's like an inverse correlation between the number of comments they get and the traffic they get, actually. So they were like, the less comments we get, the more traffic we get, which was, which was quite interesting. And they were like, and they were like, it's just too much resources to deal with the spam and all the, the stuff when there's things like social media and everything to, to talk with people right now. So that's essentially the stats I found online. And I think it's good to like put it in perspective with what our opinion is because it might be a bit different. And also, most importantly, all this stuff is 2015 and before. So it's quite old. And like a lot of things have changed, like the prominence of social media, like all these other things. You know, it's a big deal. Like now everyone's on their smartphones and like... Again, that's put social a lot more and so on. So it's a little bit different. And I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast probably, if you look at your commenting activity on blogs, like four years ago versus now, then you'll probably find that you were like way more active on blog comments at the time because there was less alternatives than you are now. Because now you're like talking on Facebook groups, you're like doing, you're getting social from another place on the internet. I think you wanted to tell a story as well on link building stuff. Yeah, so let's go back into the history archives. For for those people who are perhaps new to online marketing, I say new, you know, like um, let's go back 10 years, back to 2009. We need like a grandpa voice modifier or something, you know, like. I know, right? We get <laughs> some Snapchat filter pipe and something like that, you know. Fun fact, though, I did actually request a pair of slippers for Christmas a couple of years ago. So I think that means I am officially a grandpa now, so... Anyway, so the story is back in 2009, uh, my first, actually not my first, my second ever, I guess, affiliate authority type site I set up was called neverflyeconomy.com. Don't bother going to it now because someone else has the domain. And it's it, the end now or something. <laughs> no, it re- redirects to an Australian travel hacking concierge type business. Anyway, back in 2009, I set up this site. It was a travel hacking blog. And I wanted to build links, uh, but I didn't really know how to build links back then. So I went on Warrior Forum, as any aspiring SEO would do in 2009, to look for how to build links, because I knew links were important. And I came across two strategies. One was, and I mentioned this in the podcast a few weeks back, I think, uh, Angela and Paul's forum profile links, which is basically a PDF document of a bunch of forums on random topics that you could register for. Sometimes you had to make a few posts. And after you've made the required number of posts, you would be able to put a do follow link in your profile. And that would count. And you know, that worked as link building. It was a this was what people were doing back 10 years ago. They were releasing one every month as well. So every month they would give you like uh, 30, 40 link sources from like these forum profiles. Yeah. Sounds archaic today, but this is absolutely worked. This is how people did link building back then. And then, so that was like one strategy. The other strategy was blog comment links. So people would sell lists of blogs where you could go and post 
comments. There's two types. One where you could post a, a comment with a link in the comment, and one where you would have to the, the link would be your name. So you'd have to like put the anchor text as whatever you want it. And that's how WordPress works these days, basically. Like it's still like that. This is kind of the foundation of spam blog commenting. This is where it all came from. You know, you know, this also is what triggered nofollow. Like this nofollow attribute did not exist until blog comment spam became too big of a thing, actually. I'm pretty sure when I was doing it in 2009, it did exist. So, but like, yeah, probably I, I can certainly believe that. It just started in 2009. I think it's 10 years old or something. I think it's 10. I can't remember. I'll check. Go ahead. This would have been sort of second half of 2009. So it could have been. Anyway, this was the kind of foundation of, uh, of blog comment spam and the source of, of uh, you know, one of the biggest problems when it comes to, to blog comments is people just doing it for, for the link, basically. And how that's evolved over the years is people have tried to automate that process. Uh, surprise, surprise. And so you, 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 if you have a website these days, you'll notice that you get a lot of comments which say like, oh, love your post, got so much value from it. And that in its own, on itself, you might think, oh, cool, what a nice person. That made my day. But the, the kind of litmus test, and we talked about this earlier, is if this comment could be posted on any other blog post in the world and still makes sense, then it's probably a spam comment because the spammers kind of come up with these, these generic but still flattering type. It's always like that. It's like, oh, I love your blog, et cetera. Like, you're so good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for providing valuable content. Yes. I shall share this with my family and my friends. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, some of them are, are obvious, but some of them like are written perfectly and you just wouldn't know. And then what was happening originally was where people would put a link to bestgamblingcasino.com or whatever, and then like some weird anchor text as their name, and that would form a link with the anchor text they wanted. And then there was this kind of like, arms race comment arms race where uh, you know sites were trying to prevent that and protect that so you know there's all these features in wordpress so you can make it so you have to manually approve comments from people like the first time but then at the second time it would be okay so then the commenters were like it's kind of like by default actually the way it is set up actually when you start a new wordpress it wasn't always that way yeah yeah um, it's by default this way because of this happening and so the, the this kind of thing just kept going, uh, and there's there's also the I can never pronounce this is like Akismet. I used to always think it was like Askimet for some reason, but it's Akismet. So this is uh, it's installed by default when you install. It's a plugin, WordPress plugin, which by default when you set up WordPress, you do need an API key to make it work, but that's free. They trick you, you know. You know when you sign up, they actually make it like five dollars or something. Then there's a slider. It's like, pay what you want, you know? And then you need to slide it back to zero to get it for free, actually. Okay, so you can get this for free. And essentially what it does is it's like a kind of like an algorithm and it tracks across all websites that have installed the phrases people are using for spam comments, the IP addresses, things like that. And it, it tries to automatically filter out as many as possible. And it works. It does a really good job. But like anything, it's not in in this space. It's not 100% effective. So you still get a lot of spam comments that, that slip through, even when you have it installed. We we've had it the entire time. We've had authorityhacker.com set up. And it's still a pain you have to deal with it, to be honest. Yeah. At some point, we had like 2,000 plus spending comments. It was just insane, actually. 
there's two things there. There's the pending comments, which were actually legit because we were just like lazy and. Well, it's just like when it becomes overwhelming and it's just like, it just feels like a low value activity, despite some very valid comments being in there. It feels like a low value activity when like nine out of 10 times, you just have to decide, oh, is this a spam comment or is this not a spam comment? Am I deleting it, et cetera? It's like, ah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even answer my email. So it's like, I guess I'm not the right person to ask for it. Yeah. I will say that, you know, there's like, there's dealing with spam and then there's like dealing with actual comments i think we're like lumping both those problems into one there but just dealing with spam it's it's not that difficult to go through it and it's something you can kind of train any va any member of staff pretty easily to kind of spot what a spam comment is and, and, and then delete them it's not too much of an issue but yeah i mean this still leaves a question of like you know should you have comments enabled on on your site or not like what does it add and what does it cost what does it take away because there are things not just your time in dealing with spam comments but there are things that having comments enabled on your site can do can hurt your site right yeah i mean first of all like one cool thing that we did on atari hacker is we removed the link in the comment <laughs> as soon as we did that <laughs> there's literally like 10 times less comments immediately that went away. And then I went back on the on backlink on Nepata, right? And I checked if they, they still had the links. And then because like they get so many comments, right? But they do have the links still. It's like I would be very curious for them to try that. So I, I like I guess we can do the, the no links in comment challenge, like people do these uh these crazy challenges on social media. So I guess we can do that. So Neil Patel, I challenge you to remove the links in your comments and see what happens, you know. But yeah, for us, as soon as we move them, like like most of these like, hey, cool post, dude. Most of this was gone. And we, it was a little bit easier to deal with. And actually, I'm taking our comment section now. It's kind of like up to date. There is still a lot of shitty comments, but it's gone away quite a bit, right? So, uh, and I think, uh, I think, I think blog comments are especially in the scrutiny now that uh, Google has announced that they will change the way nofollow works, right? So it's like I mentioned that nofollow. I, I checked, by the way, nofollow was introduced in 2005, but was changed in 2009 to prevent page sculpting. So that's why I, I thought 2009, but that's when it was changed. If anyone doesn't know, when you put a link on your site, so any link from your site to anywhere else, by default, that will be a do follow link. And that, that's just a normal link. There's no special do follow tag you put in. But if you want to specify it as what's called a nofollow link, you, you put rel equals quotation marks, nofollow quotation marks within the HTML. And there are various plugins that if you, if you don't want to play around with the HTML, there's various plugins that let you do this by ticking a box or something. And by default, comment links are nofollow. In WordPress now they are, yes. They didn't always used to be, but they are now by default. So uh, you, you don't have to worry so much about that. But essentially what, what nofollow link what used to be was, at least Google would say they weren't going to count that link in terms of passing page rank. It's never what they say. Yeah, in terms of passing page rank, which is very, very different from not counting them. Because it's like context counts, and context can count, like all these other things can count. It's just page rank which is essentially like, it's like usually the way I explain that to people, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a terrible analogy. You will love it. It's like a plane, you know, it's like there's the reactors and there's the wings and the wings give you the direction and the reactors like allow you to go up. Essentially, page rank is the reactor and then anchor text. Well, the reactors just like give you speed so that you, you create lift with your wings, you know? The engines? Yeah, the engines. So, oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> by the reactors. You're like, you're... you're on a nuclear power plane over there or something 
there is definitely an, an example of like me not knowing English 100% actually, I guess, because uh, that's how you would say it in French. So anyway, the engines. Maybe this is why Concord failed. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a miscommunication between the French engineers and the rest, you know. But anyway, it's like, so the page rank is the engine and like anchor text and context, etc. would be like the wings that give you the direction, give the kind of keywords you would rank for. And the engine would just like show how, like give power to like lift you up for that ranking. And so that is essentially what that means. And in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, given the effort that people put in get to getting like Wikipedia links, which are no follow, you know, no followings do have a role to play in your rankings. And, and Google has brought this up basically because essentially they're like, well, actually we're not going to treat no follow as like we'd never pass page rank or we never use it for rankings. We are going to take no follow and just take it as a hint. And so it means like, well, you know, most of the time we're going to respect what you want, but sometimes if we think it makes sense, then we'll, we'll still probably pass page rank or whatever, or use the relevancy, et cetera. Uh, which most people suspect they have been doing for a long time. I mean, I was actually talking to Bree from DMSS. He organizes this conference where we were at uh, in uh, November. And he was telling me like, oh, on my new sites, I just do blog comments. And they, they, they actually helps them rank at the beginning, etc. So I suspect that um, Google has been doing that for a while already. And a lot of people have done that. But uh, not only is that happening, which I think is going to open the floodgates to come and spam again, because if people are like, oh, no comment, no follow links might count for my rankings, then guess what's going to happen to all the comment spam that was slowly going down because people thought it was not effective. Well, all SEOs are going to believe it's effective again, and then they're going to dig out Scrapebox, and they're going to spam the shit out of your comments. So not only have they done that, they've introduced new attributes, actually. They've introduced Relic or sponsored, which is not really relevant in the case of comments. It's mostly for like if you're selling a link, basically. Which is interesting because they don't say really cool sponsor does not post page rank. Does that mean that they legitimate paid links? Or does that mean paid links will have any kind of effect on your SEO? Question mark. Probably another podcast. It's also not clear whether you're supposed to use that for affiliate links. I, I, I've seen a few things about that, but they, they didn't specify it. I mean, by default, you were supposed to no follow your affiliate links. At least that's the advice that's been given in the past. But it's, it's a little bit unclear the current stance on how, how the, the sponsors, RAL sponsors are supposed to be used for that. Yeah. And there's a really cool UGC, which is UGC stands for user generated content. So comments would fall under that, like comments, forum posts. Could you consider a guest post UGC? Maybe, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> kind of sort of. Honestly, I think why they've done that, this is for uh, blog, like, WordPress, so like blog comments, so that section can just be by default rel equals UGC, and also for forums as well. It's not that simple because you can have multiple attributes on one link. So you can have really cool UGC no follow, or you can have really cool sponsored no follow, or you can have like really cool sponsored UGC, or you can like you can mix them up. Actually, you can have multiple of them, so it makes it even more confusing. <laughs> What that might actually do instead then is if they have the UGC parameter in there as well, then that will allow not just Google, but other services as well to more easily understand which areas of page are user-generated, are comments. Because you know one of the other things we wanted to talk about today in the show was about how the word count in your comments and like the keywords in your comments can add to the perceived kind of length of your content. 
and also affect things like keyword density and you can be at risk of over-optimization and all that kind of stuff. I think there. mostly under-optimization, right? So like we've found with Michel when we do all these data stuff that keyword prominence is fucking important. Like basically having your keyword quite a bit in your content is very, basically what you want is you want keyword prominence. So you want your keyword to be mentioned a lot in your content, but you also want to be a fairly low keyword density. So if you start getting too high keyword density, you're basically over-optimized and we actually, I think recently we analyzed like results like 11 to 15 or something. And they were essentially very similar to like top results, but like much higher keyword density and things like that. They would trigger these like kind of like spam levels. So that was interesting. So like block comments essentially just like take some of the, con of the comment on the content on your page, sorry, and they just bring it out of your control. And when we live in a world where we use tools like Software SEO and Page Optimizer Pro and Cora and all these things and go really crazy on all these things, then do you really want like some random dude to just come and just throw all of this out of work with his comments? Eh, it's questionable, you know? I think that's also something that a lot of SEOs must think about as we're getting into that era of like hyper-optimization of on-page, I would say. I do like it though, because that's going to enable tools like Surfer SEO and stuff to be much more accurate in their understanding of like word count on page, you know, actually comparing the article length as opposed to including. I mean, do some stuff around that already. Actually, you know, there's libraries that allow you to do that pretty well already. So when we did um, the content length, we actually have a blog post on like how long should your content be? Where I was like, but like, you know, most studies are like, they're like, oh, writing long content is better. It gets more links. Okay, sure, fine. But I was like, okay, what should I do? Write one 10,000 word article or should I write 10, 1,000 word article and try to compare the same amount of resources and, and stuff? Shorter content actually wins by a bit now, actually. I, Funny thing is I tweeted the opposite and then Michelle comes to me and he's like, oh, actually, I forgot. There was like some crazy outliers. <laughs> I removed them. And then that, that actually doesn't work at all. Like it's actually better to do like um, slightly shorter content. Yeah. So now let's talk about social media instead of comments, right? I think that's the way personally. I think, um, I mean, first of all, look at forums, for example, right? Forums used to be kind of like a collection of comments that people, people would comment on each other's comments, basically. They're gone. Who hangs out on comments anymore? I'm doing some research on some niches now where the people still use comments, use forums, sorry, but like most of the time people have migrated to things like Facebook group, Quora, you know, like Twitter, all that stuff. I think in, uh, in like tech, like hardcore, like gamers and stuff, they still use forums quite a lot, but in, in every other mm -hmm. space, they use Discord, man. <laughs> Like, yeah, you are out of these two. <laughs> Everyone's on Discord, man. Discord and Twitch, I would say, you know? Yeah, I still use this uh, Overclockers UK forums. It's like uh, for building, it's one of the largest in the world. And also uh, flyertalk.com. I think it's actually the largest travel site in the world. It's a forum. Yeah, but I think these sites, they live on their legacy, you know? Exactly. Like, They're really old sites. And, like, you know, I've, I've been using them for more than 15 years now. Probably 20 years now. God, Jesus, I'm old. Do you want to start a forum today as a project? Like, would you, do you think that'd be a good idea? No. Exactly. Uh, it's like, I, I think that, and, and so there's some, cool, um, there's some cool marketing ideas with that, right? So I was thinking about this as I was brainstorming this podcast. So I haven't done it, but I was listening to this podcast on Mixergy about messenger bots, like Facebook messenger bots. And you know that Facebook is about to merge WhatsApp, Instagram messenger, and uh, Facebook messenger into one message thing, like in 2020, I think. So it's gonna be a big thing, right? And Facebook messenger has like crazy open rates, like it's like 90 plus percent open rates. And so it's really powerful. So 
I was like, what if you, instead of sending people to comment on your, on your post, you send them to, let's say, your Facebook page post on the article, right? You're like, hey, like, just go and comment here if you want to discuss about this. And you link to the post where you share that post for the first time. I mean, that's what I do now anyway. Like, if I'm reading a blog... Yeah, that's what people do anyway, right? You can link from your site to that, you know? If usually I'm reading reading a blog post that, unless, like, you or someone on Slack sent, sent to me, usually it's because I've seen it somewhere on Facebook or Twitter or something like that. Not yep. sort of... People discover content that way too, yeah. I'll read the post and go back there if I want to comment on it and interact with it. Just it's so much nicer because I'm already logged in. I'm, you know, it's my Facebook stuff's there. I can see the other people. It's, I know it's real people. I can see who, if we have mutual friends. And you get instant replies, instant notifications. It's just more dynamic, right? Whereas like a blog comment, it's like you comment and then in three days, someone might reply, you know? And it's like, ah, and you need to go back to check it. <laughs> it's like, this is a terrible way to, to have a discussion with someone. It's much nicer to do it on social media. But what's really powerful is if you link people to that pages post, you can actually build a messenger bot that messages people as they comment. As soon as they interact with one of your posts on your page, you can pop and be like, hey, welcome. Like, thank you for your comment. Would you like to get this lead magnet or something? And then boom, it sends them to like an opt-in or something. And so you can actually build much nicer marketing that way. And same with Twitter. Like if you send people to like a Twitter feed, you can have automated messages when they follow you, you know? You were saying before about like linking people back to the, the post where you commented it. Isn't there, like for a while there was like, we had on our side, like Facebook comments. Yes, but it's not the same. There is Facebook comments, you can put it, but first of all, they're slow as, as fuck. It's just terrible for your site speed. You're giving all your data to Facebook for free. I mean, I guess you do when you already have the Facebook pixel, but some people don't want to do that. And you don't get all these marketing opportunities. And also high engagement on your page helps things like your advertising. And so on. like it's, you're building these metrics that actually will help you for other things if you send people to your Facebook posts, you know? And also when you send people directly on Facebook, on Twitter or whatever, they're very likely to follow you as well. It's essentially a, call, a soft call to action to follow you. And so that gives you another channel to promote your content to them next time, you know? It does feel like there's a lot of benefits from doing that. I mean, you know, just to link to these threads, and I don't know how I would make this look like as a call to action, but it's really something I want to experiment with, actually. I think um, you basically build that live thread. And what's really powerful as well is like anyone that likes or comments gets notified when someone comments, right? So let's say you take that post on your page and you promote it. Like you promote it to anyone that's touched your site in the last 180 days. So you get 300 likes on it. Someone drops a massive comment, like starting a discussion, 300 people get a notification and can actually start interacting and, you know, like building a conversation. It kind of builds up, right? And it's like, as someone else comments, then there's another notification that goes to people, et cetera. And you build that kind of like snowball of interaction. Facebook pages, they're not exactly the best for organic reach, but if you have strong engagement, you can still get decent free and get free reach for your content. And if you put a bit of money on top, then you get really, really, really cheap traffic to that. And, you know, same with Twitter. If people start following you, et cetera, and you get high engagement, they will see your tweets more because now the Twitter feed is curated as well. It's kind of like these platforms will re reward you to some extent for sending traffic their way. And at the same time, it's a nicer platform for people to interact with you. And you can, in exchange get some traffic back from these platforms because of that high engagement. Personally, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. I, I, I still need to like sort it out, but I think we will try that at some point. I feel like this has to be like some kind of smoother implementation of that rather than just manually saying, go here and comment. 
I mean, how would you do that? No, I'm saying like the way Facebook comments were were kind of like originally designed, but there must be. Yeah, it was built. It was on your page, so like there is still some arguments to keep the to keep the comments right. The first one, I mean, social proof I mentioned, but like you know, it can be discussed given the stats that were given by HubSpot. I liked the all-in-one place aspect of it. Like you would read the article and you would scroll down and then the comments would be here and there would be a discussion. And if you go on social media, that's kind of gone, basically. That's sad, but at the same time, you get a lot less interactions because of the less dynamic aspect of your comment section than you would on social media. And also there's an aspect of like, when you try to look like your competitors, then if everyone has a comment section and you don't have one, like, are you actually like dropping a competitive advantage? Or are, are you like trying? Are you becoming too different from them to rank for that keyword? Given that Google is really looking to rank the same kind of pages these days, so that's that's kind of like the debate that there is on like keeping comments. It's not all like black and white. But uh, another thing I wanted to say about comments, by the way, is that we live in an era where people update their content all the time, and you have to basically the content that gets the most search traffic these days is old content that has had time to collect links, but at the same time, content that is up-to-date has a recent up-to-date update date so that Google like, sees it as fresh content. So it's fresh and old with full of links. And that's what gets a lot of traffic on Google these days. So a lot of people do in competitive niches and so on. And the problem is when you change your content a lot, then the, the comments just make no sense anymore. It's like the people are talking about stuff that's not on the page anymore. They're talking about numbers that have changed. They're talking about like a winner of a, a round of preview that's not the winner anymore, etc. And it's like they lose a lot of their meaning with that. Whereas if you did a social media thing, you could just like literally repost the, the thing on your Facebook page with the update and just change that link in your on your post, you know? And it feels like as we live in that, like that updating content era, then it makes less and less sense to have these like really old evergreen comments other than like a bit of social proof. I don't know what you think about this. Don't really have any opinion, to be honest. <laughs> All right. So I actually want to try this social thing, but I'm not going to do it now because I don't have time. I think early next year, I'm actually going to try uh, to do what we described in that podcast. We actually tested removing comments in one subsection of uh, Atari Hacker for a while for like three, four months. I put them back, but I monitored the rankings. I mostly stayed the same. So it's, it didn't seem to be something that was affecting our organic traffic on that section. And this was a section with a lot of, uh, it was like our WordPress plugin reviews, like anything that was a WordPress plugin or whatever, like we removed the comments completely and ranking stayed more or less the same. I mean, there's some variation, but it's hard to tell if it was due to the comments or not. I think I will do that, but I, I want to build a messenger bot, etc., to see like, I think it can be an good lead gen plus engagement metrics on Facebook. And if you're like a company that does Facebook ads and all that stuff, then I think it can be worth it to like show these metrics and so on and also gain uh, organic reach. It, it works particularly well for us in online marketing because all our audience is on Facebook. We're quite fortunate in that the age demographic and just like the tech savviness of, of everyone is, everyone uses Facebook basically, you know, I, I disagree. Like, I mean, look at people like, uh, I'm going to quote him again. Like, I, it's kind of like a joke we have with Kevin that I quote him in every podcast. <laughs> look at Kevin from uh, Epic Gardening. It's like, uh, he has this Facebook group and it's incredible. It's like, it's older generation. Like, Facebook is not just like young hipsters anymore, quite the opposite. <laughs> uh, Facebook is like the, the most mainstream social media. It's actually full of like older people. And I think you'd be surprised at the kind of audiences that are in there. The site that we're working on right now for H4, I won't quote it because only, it's, only H4 members know what it is. 
has an incredible Facebook potential, actually, like a lot of people on Facebook. And it's like a definite an older demographic, even older than you. I think it, it can work for most niches, actually. Provided it's like a more of a passion niche, I would say. Yeah, so I, I, I met this uh, couple of Retain Live who have a membership and it's targeted at parents of kids who have alcohol and drug problems. And so the audience is kind of like 45 to 75 kind of age range. And the specific niche is quite kind of like private, personal, like not something you necessarily want to be posting everywhere. So because of that, because of the age demographic, but also because of the sensitive nature. When it's a problem, it's more difficult. Yeah. You know? So if you do a passion niche, it works. If you do a problem, and sometimes it works. So for example, like insulin resistance is an incredibly active niche on Facebook, for example. And people talk a lot about nutrition and share tips, et cetera. And you could do incredible marketing there. So it kind of depends on the problems, like how personal it gets. But... By the way, I don't have insulin resistance, if you're asking me, by the way. No, I just, I just have erectile dysfunction in my mind for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm just saying that for the audience. Like, I know you know I don't have these problems, but like, just saying because, it, it, no, it's not, it's not me. It's not anything like that. Don't worry. But like, it's like I'm looking at a lot of random issues, and it's true that when it's like some more personal problems, then yes, it's going to be a bit more difficult. But as soon as it's like some kind of passion or something that's easily shareable, then I think it makes a lot of sense, actually. Then there's probably niches where it makes more sense to keep the comments and niches where it makes more sense to, because comments can be anonymous, and niches where it makes more sense to jump on social media, basically. So I guess that's our conclusion. I do wonder if, like, again, it's opening another can of worms, but like to combat that, if there's not some way that Facebook can have some kind of anonymity anonymous mode or something like that kind of goes against everything the internet is going towards these days you know yeah but you know i like i know it's a struggle they've had to to get into like personal issues and communities like who discuss those things because it's such a public platform so i don't know like maybe twitter something like that could could step in yeah you can create a but like again it's 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 even more work than like dropping an anonymous comment so i think in these cases actually block comments probably make sense so I guess that's the conclusion. I guess depending on your niche, it could make sense, could not make sense. We might do that test sometime in like January or February and, and, and update you on that. I will do it on Modern Notary Archive if we do it. I'll do it on my B2C sites and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's basically it. So that is the conclusion for this podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I guess we'll change the title. Originally, it was just about the comments, but we kind of like talked a lot about the new new follow stuff, etc. Uh, I will get people to click more. So I guess we'll do that. So if you enjoy this podcast, let's just put our actions where our mouse is. What's the expression? Like it's English. Yeah, money with our mouse is. Today is an English lesson for me as well. So you can actually interact with us on social media. So you can go on our Facebook page. You can go on Twitter at Atari Hacker. And let us know what you thought about this podcast. There will be your comment section still on that post when that podcast comes out. But please don't use it. <laughs> uh, we'd rather see on social media and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast please don't forget to do that as well so that uh, you don't miss the next episodes we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you in the next one bye